0: Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be Alma chapter 63. So now, as we get to this, this is the last chapter of Alma. This has been a large book, hasn't it? Lots of wars and battles and stuff like that going on. But we've come to the end of the of Alma, so we'll get into Helaman after this one. So um, this is also going to be a discussion about what happens to the sacred records, and uh, we'll get a little bit more history about that. Beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass that the, in the commencement of the thirty and sixth year, so now this is about 56 BC, of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, that Shiblon took possession of those sacred things which had been delivered unto Helaman by Alma. Remember, Shiblon is one of the brothers of Helaman. Remember uh, Shiblon, Corianton, and Helaman. The Book of Alma in the Book of Mormon is made up of the records of three different writers, Alma and his sons, Helaman and Shiblon. The record of Alma in the Book of Alma is unique in that it comprises 22.6% of the entire Nephite record and yet covers only 18 years, or merely 1.76% of the entire 1,021 years of Nephite history from 600 B.C. to A.D. 421. The record of Alma covers the first 44 chapters of the Book of Alma, the 18 years from 91 to 73 B.C., The record of Helaman makes up chapters 45 to 62, covering the 16 years from 73 to 57 B.C. Mormon's abridgment of Shiblon's record constitutes the last chapter. I knew that you wanted to know all that. Verse 2, And he was a just man, meaning Shiblon, and he did walk uprightly before God, and he did observe to do good continually, to keep the commandments of the Lord his God, and also did his brother Corianton. And it came to pass that Moroni died also and thus ended the 30 and 60 year of the reign of the judges. So we're sorry to hear uh, that Moroni passed away. He was a great leader for the the Nephites and uh, a great hero. Somebody that we could all emulate as well. Verse four, and it came to pass that in the 30 and 7th year of the reign of the judges, there was a a large company of men, even to the amount of 5,400 men with their wives and their children departed out of the land of Zarahemla into the land which was northward. Okay, now if if you're a Nephite and you're having battles with the Lamanites a lot, I would want to leave too. Uh, and so here's a group of about 5,400 men, plus their families. So this could be upwards to 15, 20, 25,000 people that are leaving um, to get away from the the Lamanites. I wouldn't blame them. Verse 5, And it came to pass that Hagoth, he being an exceedingly curious man, therefore he went forth and... Does that mean he was strange? Or he was curious in the sense that he was curious, as opposed to being kind of odd? Anyway... Therefore he went forth and built him an exceedingly large ship on the borders of the land bountiful by the land desolation. I don't think it could be a ship big enough to put 2,400 people on or or 20,000 people on. I don't think it was that big. Uh, and launched it forth into the West Sea by the narrow neck which led into the land northward. And behold, there were many of the Nephites who did enter therein and did sail forth with much provisions, and also many women and children. And, and they took their course northward and thus ended the 30 and 7th year. So it sounds like this took about a year for them to do this, to build a ship and prepare and everything. So now we've got large people. We've got two groups of people here. The, the group that's the 5,400 5, men plus their families and then Hagoth into the boat. So there's that's two groups of people that went just there. <clears throat> uh, verse six, and behold, there were many of the Nephites who did enter therein and did sail forth. I just read that. And in the I'm sorry, I lost my place. Okay. Verse 7. And in the thirty and eighth year this man built other ships. So I guess Hagoth came back, and the first ship did also return, and many more people did enter into it, and they also took much provisions and set for set out again to the land northward. And it came to pass that they were, they were never heard of more. And we suppose that they were drowned in the depths of the sea. I doubt that they were drowned, but that's what they thought. Uh, this is one of the subtle testimonies of the truthfulness of this record. Had Joseph Smith simply been creating the Book of Mormon, fabricating it rather than translating it, he probably would not have inserted such ideas into the narrative. Here we see that Mormon, a powerful prophet editor, was simply unaware of what became of Hagoth and his followers. Living almost five centuries after their departure from the Promised Land, Mormon could have inquired as to their whereabouts, but presumably he had not done so, or if he had, he had not learned by revelation what became of those people. That was by Millet McConkie. And it came to pass that one other ship also did sail forth, and whether she did go, we know not. So one went to the north, another one went to the north maybe, and then we went this other one, we don't know where that one went. Robert L. Simpson said, Now, young people, as I bear my testimony to you this morning, I want to relate some very intimate happenings. I want to tell you some things that have been important in my life, things that have been the main structural supports in my testimony, and I want to tell you them in all humility. I hope you will not misconstrue these remarks. I want you to be sure and realize that I tell them to you not in a boasting way. I tell them to you just because they are a part of my life and so much a part of my life that I do not know how to separate myself from them. I give them to you in hopes that you might be able to at least remember the spirit of which of what I say and perhaps what I, what it and perhaps make it a small part of your testimony too. I would like in making reference to these wonderful people from the New Zealand from New Zealand especially the Maori folks here today to turn to Alma 63 and read a very significant quotation. It talks about a man called Hagoth, a man who set sail from these Americas many centuries ago, And then he quotes Alma 63, 5 through 8. I would like to tell you, young people, that in a great gathering of Polynesians held right in Salt Lake City just prior to 1915, a prophet of the Lord, Joseph F. Smith, addressing a group of Polynesians who had come to Salt Lake City to participate in their temple endowment work, made the statement that without a doubt this man Hagoth and his company were the progenitors of the Polynesian races, and that this migration was the beginning of the Polynesian population in the South Pacific. Now, up until very recently, men of science have said, no, the Polynesians have come from the Malay states, that they, they have come from the African, from the Asian side, and they have migrated from a westerly direction to the Polynesian islands, not from the Americas. This has been popular thinking up until about 1940, when a very bold scholar by the name of Thor Heyerdahl made the observation that indeed these people must be from the Americas. He set out to prove this by building some balsa rafts on which he set himself adrift off the shores of South and Central America. He and his companions drifted for about 100 days, and depending only on the prevailing tides and winds of that area, they found themselves east upon the shores. They, I'm sorry, they found themselves cast upon the shores of these South Pacific islands, not far from Tahiti. It seems rather significant that all of a sudden scientific opinion began to change, and Thor Heyerdahl since that day has presented additional evidences that have further made it a very important consideration that the Polynesians did originate from the Americas. Now the Maoris themselves have something to say about this theory. They all have the same answer to the questions. Where did your people come from? Where did you originate? The answer is always the same. And then he quotes a thing in Ma- in the tongue of Maori, which I can't pronounce. I'm not going to try. No, I'm not going to try. You can't convince me. We came. Uh, the, the translation of it, though, is we came from a great distance, from a still greater distance, from a very, very great distance, from the joining place of two great waters, perhaps by the narrow neck of land that separated the two great seas, the narrow neck of land which led into the land northward. This is Maori tradition, and I want to tell you that those who have joined the church believe without reservation that these things I have told you are part and parcel of Mormon doctrine. Like I said, that was from um, Robert L. Simpson, and that was a BYU talk given in 1962. Marky Peterson said, the Polynesian saints are characterized by a tremendous faith. Why do they have this great faith? It is because these people are of the blood of Israel. They are heirs to the promises of the Book of Mormon. God is now awakening them to their great destiny. You know that the country of uh, Tonga, uh, almost half, if not more than half, of the people in the country are members of the church. Verse 9, And it came to pass that in this year there were many people who went forth into the land northward, and thus ended the thirty and eighth year. In the church it is entirely held that Hagoth was the father of the Polynesians, that his expeditions to the Isles of the Sea were a part of the foreordained plan, whereby the descendants of Father Lehi as children of Abraham might be spread to all nations and thus fulfill God's covenant with the father of the faithful. In speaking to the saints in Samoa, President Spencer W. Kimball said, I thought to read to you a sacred scripture which pertains especially to you, the islanders of the Pacific. It is the 63rd chapter of Alma, and so it seems to me rather clear that your ancestors moved northward and crossed a part of the South Pacific. You did not bring your records with you, but you you brought much food and provisions, and so we have a great congregation of people in the South Seas, who came from the Nephites and who came from the land southward and went to the land northward, which could have been Hawaii. And then the, far, the further settlement could have been a move southward again to all of these islands and even to New Zealand. The Lord knows what he is doing when he sends his people from one place to another. That was the scattering of Israel. Some of, some of them remained in America and went from Alaska to the southern point, and others of you came this direction. To another group of saints in the South Seas, President Kimball observed, President Joseph F. Smith, the president of the church, reported, You brothers and sisters from the New Zealand, I want you to know that you are from the people of Hagoth. And I think I've read most of the quote of that anyway already. Verse 10. And it came to pass in the 30 and ninth year, around 53 B.C., of the reign of the judges, Shiblon died also, and Corianton had, come forth, or had gone forth to the land northward in a ship to carry forth provisions unto the people who had gone forth into that land. So now we have all the sons of Helaman or Alma gone. Therefore it became expedient for Shiblon to confer those sacred records before his death upon the son of Helaman who was called Helaman, being called after the name of his father. Now behold, all those engravings which were in the possession of Helaman were written and sent forth among the children of men throughout all the land, save it were those parts which had been commanded by Alma should not go forth. Remember that that was the part on the stone, or on the plates that uh, had the secret combinations and secret oaths and stuff. So those things were not uh, sent forth. Verse thirteen, there, nevertheless these things were to be kept sacred and handed down from one generation to another, therefore in that in this year they had been conferred upon Helaman before the death of Shiblon. And it came to pass also in that in this year that there were some dissenters who had gone forth unto the Lamanites, and they were stirred up against again to anger against the Nephites, and also in this same year they came down with a numerous army to war against the people of Moroniha, or against the army of Moroniha, in the which they were beaten and driven back again to their own land, suffering greatly. Loss. And thus ended the thirty and ninth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, and thus ended the account of Alma and Helaman his son, and also Shiblon who was his son. So you can see that a lot of the Lamanites, or a lot of the Nephites left uh, the area so that they wouldn't have to fight Lamanites again. And uh, but that also reduces the number of the army of the Nephites to fight the Lamanites. However, in this instance, the Nephites just drove the Lamanites back to their own country. I know that this is translated material, and that as we uh, study these things that will gain a greater appreciation for our freedoms that we have today. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.